0: What's up, everyone? My name is Trevor Carlson, host of The Formula Podcast, where we break down and explore the elements of health, wealth, happiness, and achievement with guests from all over the world. And today, I have my friend Brad Dwyer from Hatchlings with me. We're going to talk about the history of hatchlings, the future of augmented reality, and Brad's going to give you a little bit of business advice. And I'm Brad Dwyer. Uh, As Trevor said, I'm the founder of a
1: company called Hatchlings, uh, which is a social game company that I started out in my dorm room about 10 years ago. Uh, And now I uh, have been working on computer vision and augmented reality with a new startup.
0: The Formula Podcast wouldn't be possible without some uh, some pretty awesome sponsors that are willing to, to support the show. So the first sponsor has been with us for quite some time, that's Lady Boss. They provide women's workouts and health supplements to help women live healthier lives. Now if you're interested in checking out any of their workouts or their supplements, go ahead and head to the FormulaPodcast.com and check out our sponsored products page. Now our second sponsor just got started with us here recently. That's Liquid Web. Now, if you've listened to any of our episodes with like Adrian or Ketsu or anybody that's doing any type of drop shipping or e commerce, Liquid Web has some e commerce solutions to help you get a store up and running ASAP. And they were uh, willing to actually give 33% off to people who listen to the Formula podcast. So when you go to liquidweb.com and check out their products, Make sure and type in Formula 33 when you check out to get 33% off. Big thanks to them for for hooking us up and uh, keeping this show rolling. That's all from our sponsors. Now, let's do this thing. Brad, thanks for taking the time to uh, chat with me today. So uh, you've been you've been running Hatchlings for. Quite a while now, right? Yeah, we celebrated our 10th birthday in February. Yeah, we team
1: out to Las Vegas for our birthday party. Oh that my was God, <laughs> <years is cool. laughs>
0: that sounds like a hell of a good time. Yeah. we'll talk about that after the show is over. So walk me through how how you became like the the business person you are today with a 10 year old company and one of the more more popular Facebook games out there today.
1: Probably the genesis of like the business side of things was yeah. I was in junior high and uh, I wanted to make a website for like a video game that I was playing, and so I. Kind of just screwed around in Flash and made a website, and then one of the guys I was playing with was like, "Hey, I have like a shutter company in Arizona. Could you make my company a website?" I was like, "Yeah, I think I could do that." I had no idea how to do that, but I yeah, yeah. figured, "Yeah, I'll figure it out." It was in eighth grade, and like, I don't know, I had pirated all the software that I'd probably need to do that. Yeah, and so yeah, I made that guy a website, and then word kind of spread that I was just like young kid that knew how to do computer stuff and so then all these older people started asking me to do stuff and i got involved in a forum online it was called karupa forum of all these like designers and um like web developers um, mostly centered around like the flash community but also html and web technology Um, and i had a couple mentors on there that thought it was kind of funny that i was this like junior high (laughs) age kid that was like posting with all these adults Uh, And they kind of took me under their wing and taught me some other programming stuff that I would need every time I would run into a problem. And it got to the point where, um, in high school, I started my own web design company. Yeah. Uh, And I had some of these guys that I'd met from online who had too many clients for them to service. And so um, they would basically subcontract that out to me. They were probably collecting $200 an hour from whatever client and then (laughs) subcontracting it to this, like, freshman in high school. And the clients had no idea. And I ended up working for... uh, indirectly for companies like Pax TV and Charles Schwab. Um, I kind of feel bad for whoever used the online mortgage calculator made by the freshman in high school. Oh my God. Um, But those are the types of projects that I was just kind of charging hourly for um, and continuing to learn
0: and build my skill set. Are they still using that mortgage calculator? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> I think Flash has kind of been deprecated. Right. Um, so you've been building products for Fortune 500 companies as a freshman in high school. Uh, mortgage calculators, uh, whatever. So what what happened after that? So I found out about this thing called Google AdSense. Um,
1: and I had my parents sign up for an account for me because I wasn't old enough to create my own account and started creating like my own websites. Um, I thought it was so cool that like I could have a website out there that was like my own like personal servant that like was making me money even while I wasn't working on it. Mm -hmm. So like, I would, every morning before I would go to school, I'd sign on and be like, yes, I made 14 cents while I was sleeping. It was the coolest thing ever because I didn't do anything. Like, it was just like passive income. And so I got interested in like trying to build that. And so I went from like 14 cents a day to like 50 cents a day to like a dozen dollars a day to, you know, by the end of high school, I was making like a decent amount of money, probably like maybe 100 bucks a day or maybe a little bit less than that at that time. And I had like, a couple of websites that were actually pretty popular. So, I had a site called pspprogramming.com, which the old PlayStation Portable, there was like a homebrew community around it. And um, I created a web forum where those people could like come together. And that was actually, I was teaching myself how to do um, like C programming yeah. uh, through like hacking the PSP uh, and like just created a community around that. And there were several thousand people that were all in this web forum that were talking about that. So, that was getting like traffic. Um, and making money, and that was like really cool. And so, um, I think it was about that time. So about the time I graduated from high school and went to college, that I was starting to think about like, how do I turn this into something that like, it can just like sit there and make money, and I can go do whatever I want, and just like have this passive income stream. Um, and I, at that time, it was when I started like really thinking like, oh, maybe I could start like a company rather than just a website. And so I started like coming up with projects of my own and putting those out on the internet. And, you know, I had a bunch that were not successful at all and a couple that were, like, moderately successful. I think that PlayStation site, PSP site, was one of the most successful ones. Um, Until my freshman year in college, when I read an article about how... uh, Microsoft Word was getting rid of the .doc files, and with Word 2007, they were coming out with the .docx files. Mm-hmm. And this article was about how that is actually just a zip file. And so if you change the extension to .zip, you can unzip it, and then there's basically just XML inside of it. And so yeah. you could read it with you know, just a regular like web browser. And at the time, there was no like .docx reader for Mac. Microsoft was like, oh, yeah, that'll be coming out soon. And you couldn't read them on Linux either. So I was like, well if it's a zip file and you can just do this, I could make a website that you could just, like, upload your file, it would unzip it, spit that XML file out, put some ads in the middle of your document for, you know, (laughs) the privilege of having it being read. Yeah. Um, And I made that in, like, four hours. Uh, And it got picked up by a whole bunch of media. It got covered by, like, Lifehacker and all these, like, awesome sites that I would read every day. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was, like, my first, like, taste of, like, viral success. Um, And then I made probably the stupidest business decision I've ever made. And... uh, The next week, I sold that website (laughs) Oh no! for like, I think it was like $15,000 that I sold it for. At the time, I I was like, holy shit, I'm rich. Like, this is so cool. I spent four hours on this, I sold it for 15,000. That's like $3,500 an hour, like, that's so cool. (laughs) And then what happened was, because it had gotten all that press, it got all these like super powerful backlinks, and when you would search for DocX, or DocX Converter, or like how to read DocX files on Google, it was the number one or two website for the next couple of years for the like default Microsoft Office file format. And so those people that I bought it from probably made hundreds of thousands of dollars off those ads that were getting put into those
0: files. Yeah, what do you think you would tell, tell yourself then, now with your experience you have?
1: Um, to think longer term, think bigger. Um, I don't know, I mean, it's not like that site could have ever been like a billion dollar company or anything, but um, I think thinking a little bit more long term than Oh, somebody's gonna write me a check right now for this thing. Like, I don't know. Like having a plan for that. Yeah. But I, I feel like that's kind of been a theme of like, I just do cool stuff and put it out on the internet, and like, I don't know where that's gonna go. Like, yeah. When I started Hatchlings, I had no idea. I'd be sitting here ten years later, still working on that. But, which I guess we can talk about Hatchlings later. Like, yeah, yeah.
0: Like, so yeah. So how what happened between you selling that uh, your first product to to uh, starting Hatchlings?
1: So. Like I said, I was kind of interested in making my own websites and getting this like passive income thing going. Um, And I was uh, thinking about like what's my next thing that I could launch that'd be really cool. Uh, And the hypothesis that I had was I'd observed all my friends in college who were like going to these parties and Facebook was like starting to become a popular thing. And Mm -hmm. they were all super worried about like any pictures of them drinking or whatever being posted on Facebook. And in the course of that, I started I found Facebook's new API that they had just launched like a couple months before that. And I was like, oh, integrating with Facebook. That's exactly what I want to do. So I started looking into that and all the endpoints that I would use for this professional profile thing um, and started programming that. Um, and then in doing that, I found like this little like piece of the Facebook API um, that was a profile box. So like an app could put like a little window into your profile and you could populate that with whatever you wanted. So a lot of games are using it as like a high score list. So I started like just kind of like, ex- like thinking about what what could you do with this that other people aren't really doing. Yeah. Um, and so I, I just kind of did a, a weekend project uh, where I made an Easter egg hunt game. And so over the course of the weekend I had one of my friends from the online forum that I was on all through high school uh, draw me some Easter eggs. And uh, I programmed this Easter egg hunt game where you, when you installed the application, it would pop up this little box on your profile. Sometimes there'd be an Easter egg there. Sometimes it would be empty grass. And the idea was some, one of your friends would come to your Facebook profile. They'd see this Easter egg sitting there and be like, what the hell is that? They'd click on it, and then like that would pop them into the game. They'd get one on their profile so that their friends could like go into it. Um, and then they'd be trying to collect all of the different Easter eggs before Easter. It ended up being super viral. We ended up with... Um, like a hundred users after the first week, a thousand after the first month, it just kept like
0: snowballing. Yeah, that's nuts. And so so did you, you didn't know then that this was gonna take off like that when you made it. You just, you were just kind of throwing stuff at the wall a little bit. Yeah, and
1: uh, you know, I had this Google AdSense account so I had put these like Facebook ads on there and it was profitable from almost day one. Like there was so much traffic going to it, seeing these ads that like it quickly became the most lucrative website that I had ever launched.
0: Did it uh, do better than your, your first product, then I take it? Pretty oh, better. yeah. So we had,
1: within the first year, we had it, um, over a million users. Um, and, yeah. yeah, it just kept snowballing. So kind of the growth pattern would be, like, the month or two lead up to Easter, it would just, like, skyrocket in popularity and go completely viral. And then Easter would come around, and a lot of people didn't want to play an Easter egg hunt after Easter. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people, like, they just liked the game, and they wanted to keep collecting things. And so we'd plateau spike for Easter and then like drop off, but that like drop off point where it would plateau again that year would be significantly higher than we started. And so like, it was just like the step function year after year of how many people were continuing to play. And yeah, we just kind of grew from there. We ended up launching a subscription model shortly thereafter um, where it was 10 bucks a month and you get extra features in the game. Um, and now we've actually completely dropped ads altogether and so our entire business model is subscriptions and virtual goods.
0: What was that transition like for you guys switching from straight up like ads all the way over yeah to- so it wasn't really by choice uh, <laughs> so uh, we had this like good working relationship with
1: Google because we were making a ton of money through advertisements and like they were yeah, yeah. like pitching all this stuff and then all of a sudden I get like I wake up in the morning, I go to check my Google AdSense account. I can't log in. I've got an email from them that says like you've been banned from the platform. And I try and contact my person and she like won't even reply to my emails. And like to this day, they have never said like why we're banned. Like I still don't know. And the closest they would tell tell me was our algorithms have detected that like this is not a website that is good for our advertisers and that you pose a risk of violating our terms of service or something. So, like, they didn't even accuse it. Like, they wouldn't even tell me what I was supposed to be defending myself, like, of doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, like, hard to, like, prove yourself innocent when you haven't even been, been accused of anything. So, anyway, that was rough. That was, like, overnight half of our revenue just went away. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. Like, if we hadn't done those virtual goods and had those subscribers and like had this like contingent of users that were willing to pay for things, like that would have been a death blow for the company. Yeah. Um, but since we had diversified from that before, we just kind of like kept rolling, and it was a couple, a hard couple of years trying to build our business back up to like a self-sustainable point. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've had users who have been who stuck with us for ten years now and have been paying their Ten dollars a month premium subscription. Ever since the day we launched it, and that's crazy. Like those are the users that have really helped us, like have staying power, which is kind of weird for a game to
0: like be around for ten years. All right. My question is like, how do you know? How do you know what to do in those situations when they come up? Like you
1: got to make a decision one
0: way or another. Like it's
1: uh, oftentimes like there's not a clear right decision, and the only wrong decision is to like just freeze and do nothing. <laughs> right. Like people don't oftentimes understand that choosing to do nothing is oftentimes a valid decision and it's the default, right? Like, uh-huh. I don't know. Like, that's one of the things we struggle with too is like sometimes
0: doing nothing is the right decision. Um, you can't do everything. And, yeah. yeah. So you kind of went through that transition from ads to um, subscriptions. Uh-huh. Uh, walk me through... What was that? Year three, year five, something like that. Yeah, yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah, so five to year five to year ten. What happened there? Yeah,
1: so the early years of Hatchlings, like I, I was like, this needs to be like my thing, like while it's hot, because it's not going to be a thing forever. Um, And so I ended up like dropping out of school so I can focus on Hatchlings. Um, and then started like hiring some people and trying to like make sure that our servers (laughs) weren't crashing because that was still like that was something that plagued us for the first several years was we had so many users and like nobody around me had ever dealt with like trying to scale up uh, a web service to like having tons of users so fortunately our hosting company had like some consulting time that you could buy and they taught me like what a load balancer is and like how you get beyond just like a single server, how you split out a database from like a web tier server. Um, and that was super helpful. But anyway, after like year three, four, five, somewhere in that era, in that range, after I dropped out of school and like it became clear that like, this wasn't just gonna go poof completely overnight. And like people were really gonna play this thing for a while, like a long time. Um, started thinking about like, oh, well, how do I grow this into a company and beyond just a single game? And so started trying to hire out a team that could help work on like, developing the next iteration of Hatchlings which we launched as Hatchlings 2 mm-hmm. um, and developing other games and um, it had become pretty clear that mobile was going to be like a new platform and trying to diversify off of Facebook and get onto mobile and like create more of a foundation than just like a single product so going from a product to a company basically.
0: Yeah and you made that transition and where are you at now? Compared yeah to so that the- first time that I tried to do that didn't really work. <laughs> uh, I'm not surprised for some reason. Yeah, so we ended up, we, we went from, well,
1: in the very early days, the first people I hired, I hired my mom full-time to, yeah. like, help with support and, that's like... really
0: cool, by the way. I yeah. That's awesome. I, I mean, it was
1: kind of, like, just by default. Like, she had been helping me with a lot of stuff anyway, and so, like, hiring her and making, and, like, paying her so that she could spend more time on that just made a lot of sense. I hired my sister to do customer support, too. She was still in high school and needed a, like, part-time job and hired some friends around me to, like, do some customer support and those sorts of things. Um... But when I say like, at, at the time period where we were where I was trying to like turn this into a company and start trying to expand things, then it was a matter of like going out and hiring a designer and developers and like um, actual like people around the core product, like not just maintenance of the, the existing product, but how do we expand? Turned out that there was no correlation between hiring new people and making more revenue. And so <laughs> we ended up like going from being this like super profitable company to the point where like we were losing money um, and, I don't know, that was, like, a weird position to be in. Like, all of a sudden, this, like, passive income thing had not only turned into, like, this company where people are, like, on payroll and, like, you have responsibilities, but also, like, not even was it not passive income. Like, it wasn't even, like, active income. It was, like, <laughs> actively losing money. Like, we were spending more time and effort on it, and it was losing money. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, we, we ended up going through a contraction. Um, we had to let some people go, and some people left kind of on their own for other Um, endeavors Uh, and for a while there it was just three or four of us again um and yeah working on building it back to like a core stable base figuring out like okay why are people actually playing like why was our first games and second game so successful um hatchlings and hatchlings 2 but like these other games that we were launching we couldn't get any traction with them and so trying to really understand like what makes hatchling special why do people why people played that game for 10 years and like how can we leverage our strengths to like expand in a like strategic way rather than just you know throwing a bunch of money into things and seeing like randomly if something's going
0: to work mm-hmm. so how did you guys bounce back from that kind of scale down or whatever yeah. whatever you want to call it
1: doubling down on the core hatchling side of things um, seemed to really work well it's like kind of like a stable company at this point where or a stable product at this point where we can grow at like 30 percent year over year which has been great and like that provides a solid foundation where then we can um like take some of the profits from that
0: and funnel them into new things well folks that's a wrap for this week's show thanks for tuning in to part one of the interview with entrepreneur and hatchlings founder brad dwyer now if you'd like to check out hatchlings check out the link in the show notes to uh to play the game now, part two will be dropping here shortly, so keep an eye out for that. If I can ask you a quick favor in the meantime, whatever podcast app you're listening to this on or if you're watching it on YouTube, whatever it is, uh, head on over to iTunes, um, Stitcher, whatever, whichever one you're using, and give us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, really would mean a lot to me and the team over here. Plus, it helps other people just like you find the show. So... Thank you for doing that and taking care of it. That's a wrap for this week's show, and I look forward to you tuning in next time.